Data on the effects of the only available vaccine against dengue virus have led to an ethical dilemma and a public relations crisis. The vaccine has clear public health benefits. It can prevent many severe cases of dengue and related hospitalizations, but it also causes a smaller number of severe cases of disease in children who would otherwise probably not have fallen ill. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Lisa Rosenbaum, a national correspondent for the journal. Dr. Rosenbaum has written a perspective article about the dengue vaccine dilemma and the limits of utilitarianism in medicine. Dr. Rosenbaum, when was the public made aware of the potential harms of the vaccine in children who hadn't been exposed to dengue, and what was the response? Well, there was a signal of harm in the phase three studies that were all published around 2015. And at that juncture, Sanofi, which manufactured the vaccine, started another analysis to try to better understand what that signal was. It was in late 2017 that those data were initially disclosed. And at that point, it was disclosed to the public that for those who had not been exposed to dengue previously, there was an increased risk of severe infection and hospitalization. Were public health officials and the manufacturer of Sanofi surprised by the public backlash against the vaccine? I mean, it does have net benefit. Right. So it's always hard to tell, sort of to gauge the outrage of a country because you only see the negative, really. And so if you look at social media and on Twitter, it's clear that there is a lot of outrage about the Philippines having undertaken this mass vaccination campaign. Nearly 830,000 children were vaccinated between 2016 when they started the campaign and late 2017 when they stopped it after learning about the data. So it's pretty clear that enough people are upset to have halted the campaign because the Philippines suspended it. And from what I can tell based on reporting in the Philippines and in the New York Times, the general sentiment is that this is too high a risk for society to take on even though the data are pretty clear that if you vaccinate a million children, you still have a net benefit. How common is this kind of scenario in public health and in medicine? How often do we inadvertently harm some people to benefit more? I thought about this a lot when I was writing the perspective, and part of what was so interesting to me is that I really couldn't think of any analogous situation. Obviously, vaccines are common, but they don't have this kind of risk. And obviously, prevention is very common and challenging. But if you think even about this, for me, for instance, the most common prevention scenario would be starting a statin in someone for primary prevention of a heart attack. And of course, it's always common to say, these are the risks and these are the benefits. So you might say to a patient, a statin will lower your risk of having a heart attack or stroke. But you don't then say, but there's a risk of an even bigger heart attack if you take it. And that's exactly sort of what we're dealing with here. It's very unusual. So what's the possibility that for dengue we can get around this? What's the possibility that a way to test these children before they're vaccinated will be found? So obviously that is the ideal situation. So if, again, just to sort of recap the data, what the data show are that for those who are seropositive, the vaccine is safe and effective. For those who are seronegative, the vaccine can cause harm. So clearly the best thing to do would be to be able to assess who is seropositive before you vaccinate. Unfortunately, first of all, a lot of the infections are subclinical and asymptomatic, so people can't just tell you whether or not they've been exposed. 
And also, even though they were able to create an immunoassay to use in the analysis that was published along with the perspective this week, that immunoassay is not available for point of care. So I can't get a sense, based on anything I've read, when this will be available. You would think that the company has more incentive than anyone to make a point of care test. But it's a challenge because there's a lot of cross-reactivity between dengue virus and other viruses like Zika, which are also very common. You say in your article that for now, the most ethical population approach would probably involve informing families of the benefits and the risks of the vaccine and letting them decide whether to vaccinate. So what did the data suggest? Are parents likely to opt for vaccination or or not? That's a great question. And based on what I've read in the literature, the most analogous study was actually remarkably analogous. It was a study done by two psychologists at Penn, published around 1990, who basically asked participants a series of scenarios involving vaccination of a hypothetical child. And what they found essentially sort of verifies what they call omission bias. So if you ask people, would you vaccinate a hypothetical child if there is a risk of death with the vaccine, but an even greater risk of death without the vaccine, people are reluctant to vaccinate. So that's pretty remarkable. And going back to this idea of errors of omission versus errors of commission, it makes sense that if the harms are equal and you tell people, would you rather let someone die or would you rather kill someone? It makes a lot of sense that people would say, I'd rather let somebody die. But when you take harms that are unequal, and in this case, when they surveyed people, they were, that again, the risk of not doing something was actually greater, people still prefer to do nothing. And that's what's so interesting about this case is this idea that our moral intuitions are such that we'd rather incur a greater harm if that means not having to do something. Finally, is there evidence that the dengue vaccine campaign has led to more general skepticism about other vaccines? Do you think this case will have broader public health effects for that reason? I don't know. I'm so hesitant to speculate because I really don't know. Certainly, in all the reporting, that's the fear, that the public is already vaccine-wary. And so when you introduce a vaccine that actually has a risk, then sort of pushing it even harder really risks a big backlash. And I think in the perspective, I used the example about self-driving cars because it did seem to suggest sort of how a society or how people might react when you sort of push a utilitarian approach. And so this study was published by some MIT researchers in science in 2016, and basically looking at how people think self-driving cars ought to be programmed to maximize social welfare. And the issue is that there will be inevitably situations where the car has to sort of choose between two evils. For instance, do you hit 10 passerbys or do you swerve and potentially hurt the driver? So what they found in the study, which I thought was just so interesting and sort of illuminating about this situation as well, is that people want other people to drive cars that maximize social welfare. But when it comes to their own cars, they want the cars that maximize the safety of the passenger. That's perhaps not totally surprising. But what was even more interesting to me and relevant to the vaccine dilemma is that when you ask people how they felt about regulating for utilitarian standards, they said not only that they wouldn't want regulation mandating cars that maximize social welfare, but that if those regulations were implemented, they wouldn't buy the cars. 
So it's a catch-22, really, because in order for the cars to maximize public safety, people have to drive them. And so the same, I think, might be true for the vaccines in terms of this sort of spillover effect that is what's worrisome, I think, to all those who sort of think about how people respond to vaccines, that if you start pushing people to get one, they're going to say, not only do I not want this one, I don't want any of them. But I can't prove that. That's just speculation. Thank you, Dr. Rosenbaum.